0: Namaskar. Is this the end of the great Chinese economy? What is happening in the last few days? Is there a run on their banking system? Why are people being browbeaten and pushed away from withdrawing their own savings? A lot of things happening in China, which you will not see in any mainstream media. But to cut the clutter and see through the whole thing and make sense, we have our specialist, Sasha Gong. Sasha, namaskar and welcome to P. Guru's channel.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, everybody.
0: And and, and Sasha and, and viewers, we have put together a PPT. Sasha always likes to work with a PowerPoint, and it gives you a very stunning details of what is playing out in China as we speak. So Sasha, with your permission, whenever you want me to, I can start the PPT going.
1: Uh, let's begin with a piece of breaking news before the PPT. Yes. Um, because this is about not only about China but also about America. The interesting part here is the number one person, the guilty person, actually according to the Chinese media, who already declared him guilty. Whose last name is Lu, L U. First name is Yi Y I. Lu Yi, the Chinese way. The guy has been, uh, has fled to. Some say Canada, but most people, most reports said the United States of America. And uh, this guy, if you chase back what he did and uh, where his money came from, we chase back to a company called Bohai. And if anyone remembered our early, much well, early I, do. Nation,
0: I do, I do, I do, Bohai. Hunter Biden. <laughs> yes,
1: that's also the company backing Hunter Biden.
0: Yes, and Hunter yes. Biden
1: got uh, like $20 million from that company. So the guy is now in the United States and of course China will demand extradition and see what the Biden government would do. And this is a piece of breaking news that, you know, I dig it up. Nobody has seen it. The Chinese reported the bull high and it's backing the American media reported or the protest. Put two and two together. That's important. So when I saw the names or the company involved, it's several hundreds of company involved, and some the major companies have you know several dozens. And when you put them, who's behind whom, and all this picture, and you see, well, uh, the title of this presentation is the looming crisis in China. But also, I'm interested in the looming relationship between the Biden administration and uh, an incident happened
0: far remote in China. So um, let me ask you a question before we go to the main presentation. Mm -hmm. Lu Yi, when do you think he fled China for the United States?
1: Oh, just a couple of weeks ago.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: quite recent. Mm. And And he's Chinese, but he holds... uh, Uh, What? uh, Not Malta, uh, another, uh, Cyprus, he holds a Cyprus passport.
0: Oh, I see. I see. I see. Wow. Wow. Amazing disclosure. So viewers, we have stumbled upon something or rather Sasha has stumbled upon something that the mainstream media in the United States, perhaps the whole world hasn't yet picked up upon. And we're going to try and make sure that this reaches every corner of the world. So what is going to happen to this guy? I'm assuming that he's in the hands of some intelligence agency, whether it is the CIA or the DNI, who knows? And we, we don't know. know. We don't know that. But interestingly, see, the thing here is, is it going to be a, a a tool that U.S. is going to use as an offense against China? Or is it going to use this as a defense to cover up something that... The book Red Handed has written where 31 million dollars of payback to the Biden family has been identified by the author. We have done an episode on this. 20 million came, I believe, from Bohai, right? Exactly. Right, exactly. Right. That's the right, same right. company. So yes, and yes. see,
1: the media so far uh, only reported that well, people protest in China; they could not get their money and this or that, but this connection and see if they pick up i already emailed to several of my friends in the media including like uh uh i contact them uh, uh wall street journal washington post and and uh, let's see let's see what they, they would do
0: <laughs> wonderful let's flow ahead uh, whenever you're ready we can put the powerpoint presentation and start
1: going. yeah let's put the title page first
0: yes here we go
1: and uh this is about the looming crisis because the crisis it looked like very local looked like uh, not not sort of uh uh not th- that many people participated but it's a great symbol of what's happening in china and especially what's happening in the chinese economy which well for years is the so-called engine of the world economy. When yes. that happens in China, and guess what would happen to the world? So uh, this is the title page, the looming crisis in China. So let's go to <laughs> the first one. Before we get in deep into the subject, you have to know what's actually happening. And this, although this incident has attracted the world media, and uh, from so far, what I saw is that everybody report a very small slice of the whole thing. So I'd better do what the journalists do and is that uh, to state the who, when, where, what, why, to give you some background of the information. Who? Who protested? The protesters, the thousands of protesters uh, are... Uh, uh people who uh, have uh, who saved in some local banks so far four banks four local banks they saved their money there and uh, they try to take the money out some of them to begin with in April some of this uh, uh not investors some of the savers. Contact the bank who wants to get their money out, and uh, before they went there, someone there to the bank said, "Well, no, your fund has been frozen." So people put this on their social media, say, "Hey, what's going on? Our funds have been frozen," and now suddenly people got panic. People say, "Hey, we have money there; the fund got frozen," and what happens is that people start to you know, talk and gather together, wants to go to the bank. Before they go to the bank, many people, all these people who have money there, suddenly, account holders, suddenly found out that, you know, the stick. what they call the health code, had turned red. What does it mean? In China, everybody has to have a code that, that it's a, it's a QR code that code says, uh, are you healthy or are you, uh, do you have COVID? That sort of thing. You have to test it. And then if your code is green, you're allowed to uh, go to the bus and walk on the street and go to the market and do things. If your code is red, you'd better stay home. Don't go. The first one is uh, uh, green and then go yellow. If you go yellow, there's a warning. Just don't go out. But if it's red, it's a very dangerous signal. The possibility of someone come to your place and take you to a hospital, or uh, this special hospital is quite high, let's say. So when, you're, when your health code turn red, you have no freedom. You are, the minimum say you're jailed at home. So when this account holder said, "Well, let's go to take the money out," suddenly everyone's code, health code, turned red. So well, even they don't, they are not allowed to go to go out. They can talk on internet. So people start talking, say, "What happened? My my health code, my health code went red," and the other one said, "Mine too, mine too." So. And very soon it became an incident and we can, you know, everybody was talking about this in April and early May and who say, Hey, our money's taken. We can't take our money. When we plan to take out our money out, we have a health problem. Suddenly even people who just took their, uh, uh, their test that I took a test in the last minute. And now my code is red. What happened? And that became a big, well, draw lots of attention. So since they could not take the money out and starting in June, all these people talk to each other, get, say, gather together, said we need to go demonstrate. And uh, first hundreds and later thousands of people went to, uh, to the bank and to also the Chinese Uh, security um, office, uh, bank security, uh, what they call the monitoring system, that's an office, and they, they would go there to demonstrate that we demand, we want our money, we demand our money. And the funny thing is that all these people, they try to, well, they try to be legal, they try to be, to show their loyalty to the Chinese government, and they try to show they're not troublemakers. So they they yelled, Li Keqiang, which who's the premier, Li Keqiang investigates, Li Keqiang, we want our money back. But they posted Chairman Mao's portrait and Xi Jinping's portrait there. So we are still loyal to the party. So hundreds and then thousands gather. When they gather, and what happened is that well, the police came out. The police came out and they tried to drive people away, they, well, whatever that happened and all the, I will, I will go into some details later, but that's what happened in Henan. And Henan, if, well, people who, who are not familiar with the Chinese geography, you know, uh, Beijing, the capital city Beijing located in the middle of Hebei province. Hebei province means the north of the river and then south of the river is Henan. Henan means south of the river. So Henan is not that far away from Beijing. So a large scale, scale demonstration happened here and later the police got there was some violence happened anyway why the money they could not get that money out so i think so far am i making the whole incident clear
0: yes you are
1: all right all right and so let's let's go to the next to the next uh, oh the code red that well let's stay in the first slide the question here is why what happened why is these people, what happened to the money? So people want the bank to answer them, Wants the government to answer them. The answer they got is that, huh, uh, uh. your money is not in your saving account. Your money is not in your account. Maybe your money went to an investment account. That's a huge difference. If you put in a saving account, it's in a saving account, the money would not diminish or reduce but if you put in investment account that means if you uh, your investment lost money, you lost money. So it's a people say we never put our money in investment account we always put in saving account. what happened? what happened to my saving account? Here it's something weird happen and very soon people figure out one thing. The only disappearing account, uh, the money, disappearing money, uh, the money when they bank online. You see, well, we got so used to banking online and in China, everybody, especially during the pandemic, all the banks are closed. You bank online, right? You, put in, you save your money online. You take your money, you transfer money online. Okay, now what happens that, well, the government, of course, investigated, and this is a very simple scheme, very easy to understand. What happened is when people bank online, their money through the app disappeared or went to uh, investment account instead of saving account. But if you use that app, you would see you are you're still doing the saving account. All your money is there, but that app is not really connected to the banks that's a very real thing when you when you use app it should be the same as your as your bank statement everything so all the bank statements online everything look very normal but if you go to the bank counter you ask them to print out uh, your account information it's totally different so what happened is that this is what happened. I'm not sure it happened in other countries or it's only a Chinese, uh, Chinese, uh, some Chinese thing, all right. And so here is uh, the so-called, these are small banks. These are called village or township banks. They are not big banks. They are, they are backed by some big banks, but they are not. And um, since 2007, the Chinese, you know, used Chinese governments used, used to own all the, the entire banking system. All banks are, public, you know, are state-owned. But the state-owned bank has one problem. If you have a state bank and it would be very not nimble, let's put it this way. And uh, when enterprises, private enterprises want a loan, wants money, and the state bank may drag their feet and they deny them. The state bank mostly works for the state enterprise. So the state enterprises doesn't matter uh, how, how badly they run. Uh, the bank still backs them, if you're good Well, private enterprise, unless you have high-ranking government officials backing you up and that, it's very, very hard for people to get a loan. So all this, but the problem is that that state banking problem creates an economic problem. China mostly rely on private sector to de- to develop its fast sectors like uh, export and all that, and when that happened, the Chinese government say, okay, we don't want our state bank to risk that to risk that much. Let's do well. We sort of uh, relax the banking system a little, and uh, let's let the local people, the township, the village, also have their own banking. Uh, or banking system they they will be responsible to get the money and the fund, fund enterprises locally the problem is that well when you build all the system uh, local system the banking if i am a well i want to open a saving account why would i put in my my saving in orders small bank and uh, not much guarantee. How about if you go bankrupt? China had actually had the insurance system which said if you a bank goes, if a bank goes bankruptcy, uh, people can get like maximum half a million yuan, which is about 70,000 US dollars, something like that. That's the most you can get. If you have millions of yuan, sorry, and we are not responsible. So what happens that all this small banking uh, institute, they promise people high return, very high return in order to attract the savers. How much? Say if you put your money in a state bank, in a good year, they have 2% interest. And all this private uh, not price small banking system, they say, okay, you'll get four, five, the maximum I saw in the doc, in some documents, the maximum say so you get 10%. Think of it. If you have 10%, you put on a saving and money grow 10%, you know, people would put, put their money there. And a the lot of people, since all the small banks are local, and what they do is that they hire local people. To, um, to to promote their business. When they hire local people, this is also what happened. The local people get people of their family, their lineage, their village, they will get those people. They, those, you know, neighbors trust each other. So they get those. And the, all those people, uh, the, the bank workers, they have a basic salary and the rest of their money depends on how much business they can get. So everyone make high promise and get the relatives, get their family and their friends to invest in these banks. That's how these banks grow. That, that's what happened. And um, I actually want, want to add, uh, A little bit background information here is on the small banks. When they they have the small banks there, the small banks are also, well, in a way, rely on local government. They rely on protection from the police, they rely on local officials to back them up. And uh, so the local government organizations demand something some return. So what happened is that this is a very rich, very fertile ground of Mafia. What we saw in Henan is we actually saw the Mafia and the Mafia-backed government working together to take millions of dollars from people. How many millions? According to what I saw in the documents. It's about 400 million, uh, no, oh gosh, 40 billion yuan, uh, which wow. is about, it, it's about 60, more than 60, no, 40 billion, uh, more than 6 billion US billion
0: dollars. Yuan. Yeah, right, right.
1: Billions. And how many people put money there? Uh, it's um, 400, 410,000 uh, people savers who put their money there. And so what happened is now at this at this point, it's still sort of a it's still in early investment stage, uh in the early investigation stage. It looked like the mafia had set up all these small banking organizations. The mafia also bought uh, the local government and uh, the mafia established their own high-tech companies which wrote all the banking apps so put the money do you have any
0: questions to
1: um
0: the the one question i have is the fact that government was involved they would have known that the group that is doing all this banking putting together these banks are indeed mafia So wasn't there any regulatory mechanism to make sure that the person who starts a new bank, even if it's a small bank, that they are of good standing in the society?
1: Yeah, here is how the Chinese system works. The head of the mafia doesn't own anything. Well, if you want someone with good standing, like a government official, you buy someone with a good standing apparently that's what happened you can set up say set up a bank if you have the entire leadership of a town the town government back it up would not be a problem and they can get other people to back it up they they simply buy buy them out so this is what we are actually witnessing how from this case how the Chinese, but the Chinese local government, what we call the mafiaized, perhaps. I don't know if I have invented that English word. Anyway, let's go to the next slide. Okay, the next slide is government reaction. What's the government reaction? What we saw is that, you know, the government in the very beginning tried to suppress. It. The cold red is one way, and also they threaten the the the, uh, the demonstrators that well, you guys, you are disturbing the peace, and you'll be sentenced to jail. This or that, and they send out three teams to suppress the the uh, protesters. The first team is actually the police. If you look at it, you don't see the police doing a lot. The police were sitting there to show force. And uh, they beat up people a little bit, but people who, well, participate most, the Chinese call that in white coats and the black shirt. What are the white coats Actually, white shirt? White and the black, the white. We we talk about it like the, when we talk about the the one-child policy, the white are the people who are the people who carry out either one-child policy or uh, other whatever to maintain disability. The neighborhood committee and during the pandemic, well they all put on white white shirt, and a white shirt is the symbol. Of power. When you look at Shanghai, you also see a bunch of white white coat. In Shanghai, they actually put in a coat and look like a, some uh, you know, something from the outer space. That sort of thing. The black shirt, the mafia. Actually, at that time their people, um, their mafia, their their sucks well black. So they. In that case, they would not be mistaken as the demonstrators. And you see a lot of white, white shirt and a black shirt. And with the police watching, they came to beat people up. And dozens of people, dozens of people were injured. And you, well, I don't know how, if there are other casualties because news, now no newsman can get even close to the demonstration. And that's what government did. And another thing government did was, well, a few days ago, since the demonstrators, this is about their money, they would not back off. So lots of people remain demonstrating and even the fellow uh, demonstrators were beat up. What happened is that uh, the Henan local the, the provincial level of government uh, of the, the, the security uh, monitoring system whatever uh, the China's type of SEC agency they they sent out a, uh, an announcement and in that announcement they said they would lend money to the local to this local banks to pay people whose savings is under 50,000 yuan, which is about 70,000, 7,000 U.S. dollars.
0: 7,000 U.S. dollars, right, yeah. right, right.
1: right. You, right. Pay, you pay people under, people who have more money there, sorry, we are not dealing with you first. So the reason to do that is the majority of people have less than 50,000 yuan. These are not rich people. There are a few people who have a lot of money, millions of dollars there, but the majority people have less money than that. So they want to deal with the majority and they said, okay, we are going to lend the money and let them pay you in a condition you're not going to demonstrate there, not going to disturb peace. That's the word they use. You are not going to disturb peace again. Go home. And uh, there are two other very weird conditions. It's, it's kind of interesting. I said, well, the condition said if, if your money is not in your account, we, ha- we reserve the right to take it back. What does it mean? It means if your money are put in a non-saving account, they would take your take the money back. That's very interesting because most of these people's money were taken put, were put in different accounts investment account instead of saving account. that's the beginning of the problem that's where the problem is. So here is most people even they got their money they may end up owning the government money because that's the condition. And the government also said, well, we're going to punish those who, well, put their money there to get illegal high return. What means illegal high return? The illegal high return, do you mean like, uh, well, 10% a year is a illegal high return? There's no clear definition. So in other words, The government put money there, the government pay money to calm people down. The majority of people calm them down. On the other hand, they also put a threat there, say, well, better look at your account. And what type of account? Well, we reserve the right to take the money back. And uh, well, another unspoken word is, it's probably, well, if you are in, you're involved in illegal trade, they can come and get you. So that's what the government, how the government deal with, the government deal with, with violence and the government deal with them with, uh, well, some payback, but with all sorts of condition, which will, I believe, if that's carried out, make, well, most people's money will go away eventually, like that. So, that's the government reaction.
0: Sasha, before we go to the next slide, I have one question. One question. Mm-hmm. So, essentially, the government is washing their hands off of investors' money, sort of hinting that they did not do their homework before choosing to put the money in this particular bank because it was offering such high returns. And uh, the fact that they said they are a bank and that they are regulated by somebody because these banks also had insurance, right? They were con- covered by the uh, Chinese federal insurance, weren't they? You said something to the effect of uh, $70,000 or something like that.
1: Yes, it's the insurance, but the insurance doesn't cover what they call illegal activities.
0: Oh, okay. If it's
1: saving, They come if condition of of that illegal pay a condition of that insurance money is first. The bank has to declare bankruptcy. If the bank doesn't declare bankruptcy, well, you may not even be able to get the money. And then when the bank, if the bank declare bankruptcy, and if you're engaged in illegal activities, whatever and uh, the government defined, you may also get the money. You may not get the money back. They can deny you. So when we look at it, let's say, mm. why? What does it mean? What does that high return, why would people do that? That's a very interesting thing. It's actually related to a much, much larger subject. That is the essence of Chinese growth was the chinese economy and if you look at it, chinese has the the china china has a dual system part of china is state owned and the other part is private the private economy the private economy is the engine of china's growth and uh, state enterprises we all know they are hmm, well, not not very well, to say they are not efficient is an understatement. Anyway, the private sector makes makes money. But when you have a very fast growing economy, what people need is capital. They need money. They need lots of money in order to grow. And um, how to get the money? The Chinese government would actually it's not paying that. But the Chinese people, you know, the Chinese, the Chinese people have a very uh, solid tradition of savings. They would put their money aside and save their money. And well, in the eighties, I don't know what's the saving rate. In the eighties, the Chinese people actually save like forty percent of their income, which is you know, if you tell the people in the in America, they would say they are crazy, but. The Chinese people, that put that much savings versus because, you know, they, well, they worry about their, the, the next generation. And it's also, a, it's quite a Chinese tradition. So the Chinese put a lot of savings aside. And how to absorb the savings, what to do with this, is actually to the Chinese, it's a good problem. And with all this local banking institute, People put their money in, they fund the Chinese, the, the Chinese uh, the the enter the private enterprises. Here's one problem. When you have how do bank make money? They make money from making loans, right? And how high is the loan? So here is what, what we see a Ponzi scheme, ongoing Ponzi scheme. Is first, who can set up the finance institute, not that any people, people who have who have background, who have government connections, who have orders. So they set up this and they need to loan money out. And if you're a private businessman, local say if you produce socks in a local enterprise and you export a lot to America, what what do you need? Of course you need money. And then you need connections. You need connections, and well, the, whatever you need, supply connection. And if local government makes trouble for you, you're done. So if the bank has local government, people also use that as a vehicle to set up their network, their connections, and it's a whole, everything is put all together. It's one connection, and. Uh, how high is the interest rate? it's a norm 30 percent or even higher but you see that the thinking of the entrepreneurs especially in the past few decades uh, three decades China has this economic boom and you have that if you're a developer for example is this is the word how to the way to they calculate if they develop, uh, say, a building and normally they make 50% of profit from that, so that I put like $10 million, you make $5 million. But you need that 10, you ne- at least need the $5 million to invest into labor, materials and things. And you have to get that $5 million from a bank. And if the bank charge you 30 percent, well you still have 20 percent profit plus you'll have all kinds of uh, uh, local government who are con- government officials who are connected to the bank to help you out. So look at this. this is the this is exactly the picture how you know how it how China works it's a whole Ponzi scheme there until you know, one day, say you take real estate as an example. One day people say, okay, uh, apart- apartment building compounds, we have one. Well, our family say, if you have uh, one child's family, and eventually, well, you're, I have so many friends, children would say one child would have grandma's apartment, uh, one grandma, the second grandma, and the parents. So this child suddenly has three apartments. And sometimes even more when people invest. So why would they buy? They don't need to. So the housing suddenly, when you see the change here, the housing market suddenly slowed down. And so what happened to the developers? If they can't sell, well, they can't sell their... The house they built, they can't pay the bank loan. They pay, well, the bank loan, if there's 30% high interest rate, and next year, there's 30% on top of another 30%, on top of that, you see. So when when you see in, the re- in recent years, the Chinese, all this, the, uh, we, we saw the bankruptcy of the biggest Chinese uh, real estate developer. And and if you look at the, it doesn't make sense. It started operating in 1996. And uh, and and all the way it the whole enterprises was based on borrowing money and developing the thing. And one day they failed to develop and all the debts add up. And suddenly they realize since 1996, for well that that Company has a debt uh, close to, like, uh, I'm just trying to, uh, it's uh, it's it in Chinese yuan, Chinese yuan it's um it's twenty three two trillion trillion yuan, is something very ridiculous number, and uh, you then you calculate all the days you they operate, you suddenly realize every day they operate, they exist, they they would, they lost millions every day. And the entire company collapsed. And that's actually a big picture. Now we are seeing the other end when companies collapse, when the loans all these high interest loans collapse, and this is what happened.
0: So uh, if I understand you correctly, Sasha, what China is about to face or already facing is a compounding debt problem where, you know, you had usurious interest rates, 50%, 30%. These are all, you know, unheard of. That is far too high a burden, remembering that their end customer is half the way across the world. So you have to give like unbelievable terms, like 90 days, nine months, I've heard nine months, meaning if Walmart gets your product and stocks on their shelf, they have up to nine months to pay back the money on which you have built this product. So you have to sustain yourself for nine months before you get paid for what you shipped nine months ago, probably 10 months ago, because it takes a month (laughs) for things to arrive from China to the United States. So this is unsustainable in my opinion. So please continue.
1: Very unsustainable. When you see that this is the big one of the beginning of the, the collapse of the whole Ponzi scheme. Actually Chinese economy is also quite a Ponzi scheme in a way. And, and then on top of all that, the important part of this is not on who run the Ponzi schemes, in what way and what benefit, benefit all those people. And let's go to the next slide, it, it's the fun part. This is the guy. Actually, uh, his last name is Lu, Y-U, first name is Yi, Lu, Lu Yi in Chinese. The, the picture is that actually he appeared with, I think, Bill Clinton or all sorts of people in in an in, in advertisement. I think they advertised that in Times Square once, that congratulations for China's Olympic, or the, whatever it is, and they have all kinds of uh, figures. That's why he has the UN sign in his back, that he appears. in the- Nobody knew at that time who the hell was that guy. And uh, it's an interesting story, typical Chinese story, and not only very interesting, but very telling. The guy had, did not have much education and uh, he came from a, a village up in Henan. So starting in the 1990s, mm-hmm. in that time, and he got himself involved in, uh, in in uh, well, he's he's about 50, 50 or something, but in his um, late 20s, he started to do business. And uh, he got himself, you know, connected to the local officials and local uh, governments and uh, local whatever, all this very local. We are talking about village and the township and two or later county level, very local. And somehow he established, well, now we found a few cases, Actually, actually he found guilty in other cases, in the 90s even. So he started to put his scheme on, and well, talk people into investing and doing. He set up at least a hundred companies, and each company they need a very complicated financial network. And after 2011, after all this, well, uh, the Chinese government granted license to all these local banks, and. Uh, His company and himself started to put all this, put all this, um, this uh, companies and the banks all together. So some of his companies are taking money from the bank. Some of these companies are receiving something. So at this point, I have been reading a lot on this. It's very hard. I guess the government would have the same problem to figure out. Who is who, who borrowed from whom, or who lent uh, to this and uh, to that. It's very complicated. But here's the trick. This guy doesn't own a thing, according to papers. He set up this mafia type of group, and uh, his family members, and his village men, same village, same lineage, and all these people, well, Owns different companies, very complicated web, as I said, and he focused himself on setting up relationship, which means bribing, bribing high-ranking officials, going to upper banks and going to going to different places, and uh, you know this guy got himself a, a well a Cyprus passport. Cyprus is one of those countries who sell passport. basically if you put certain amount of money they give you a passport. and uh, he never actually lived there. He would go he, he lived in China he claimed he represents different countries, Libya and Cyprus, whatever he just claimed he represented. But the foreign passport gave him protection and he also, uh, I'm not very sure because I can confirm that, and he uh, also get permanent residence in Canada or America. I don't know which one. America, you can also get um, uh, get a green card for investing $500,000. EB-5.
0: And
1: EB-5, yes. So I guess many of these uh, corrupt people went through that program and invested in the U.S. and got U.S. residency. Well, some of them got citizenship, but most of them don't because they want want to have a Chinese passport or whatever way they can travel back and forth to China easily. And they would not be, they would not pay American tax. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, everybody knows that scheme. Anyway, so he built up and finally, you know, he's running a big financial scheme. He needs a lot of money, and he was short of money, so he went to bigger organizations to get money. And one of the organizations, the major organization, who gave him money, Bohai. Uh the Bohai. Bohai is even the lower lower, uh, the lower end. The higher end is Hai Hang, the Hainan the Hainan, uh, Hainan airline, which is not an, it's, airlines a very small part, they own a lot. They own a lot of real estate in New York and it's state back, state backing. Very well known to be an extremely corrupt but very well connect company. And uh, Hainan's backing, Bohai also comes, lots of money comes from Hainan and others. So Bo Hai is the one who supplied him money. And as I said before, Bohai also is the one behind Hunter Biden's money. Right. So here is the question. We happen to know Hunter Biden because, you know, it's so public and we also have uh, his laptop and these things that he's very visible. But how many not that visible? U.S. Uh, big guys, important guys, as they, they called they called uh, President Biden the big guy, well, other big guys, say the Clintons, the Obamas, you have no idea. The Trumps, I don't think so because, uh, well, anyone who's investigated that much by that many organizations, well, Almost anyone could be found guilty, (laughs) but they could not find Trump anything. So I don't think he's the Chinese too, the Chinese also investigating all this. And anyway, so how many American and Western politicians they own? In this way, how many people, this guy, you know, he, after all this high publicity incidents, he dealt to come to the United States. Why? What kind of guarantee do you think he had? Yeah, he may be singing as a bird to a US authorities, I have no idea, but I guarantee you, someone like that, someone who can manure, well, hundreds of millions of, or trillions of dollars, and they have their guarantee. They have dirt. If he dare to come to the States, I'm quite sure he has dirt on people in the US, powerful people. He has dirt on powerful people in China. So in that way, with information, he may retain his freedom. Like, like other guys, actually, the guy I interviewed, Guo Wengui, exactly, almost identical situation, identical identity, except Guo actually, uh spent two and a half years in the Chinese jail for 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 cheating you know for racketeering anyway so what we see here is that we see this picture and um let's go banking go to the next slide banking sli- banking crisis and economic crisis what's the banking crisis we have seen you know from this case we see well so far only four banks came out but that well at least so far the 260 something banks according to the chinese media may have exactly the same problem so this clearly is the looming banking crisis I don't think the big banks in China like Bank of China or Commercial Bank or these big banks at this point would have some have problem. but the lower end banks, the small banks all these banks when they have this problem and the majority according to the report from China the majority have this irregularity at least and uh, that would cover say half of China's population, and uh, nothing, nothing take people off then Lose that, make it they're losing their money. So when banking crisis happened, remember this part of the banking crisis just completely relate to China's private economy. The private economy you have been seeing signs of having trouble so when the banking crisis if would this banking crisis lead to an economic crisis we have to watch i'm going to watch it like a hawk and um so come to the last conclusion i want to that i want to give is the end of economic miracle yes or no here is what what i what I saw China's economic miracle What's the base of, what's the foundation of China's economic miracle? Actually, the, you know, China has been having this great run for 30 years, and uh, it boosts its economy to the number two biggest economy in the world. But the problem is, first, the Chinese people, when it all began in the 1980s, the child, especially the Chinese parents, uh, the Chinese peasants are so eager to work for almost nothing. And uh, under Mao's time, the Chinese people are deprived to, well, to, to the extreme, the extremes like uh, people in Shanghai only have like, 1.9 square meters to live, that sort of thing. That gives China, the Chinese people, huge motivation to develop to catch up especially when the Chinese people have some taste of you know uh, developing country or the development but after three decades the Chinese economy has losing they have been losing steam and uh, with all this banking crisis which affect the the private economy especially, would China's economic miracle end? I think it's already ending, and uh, China, the Chinese economy, so well looks not too bad at this point. Is because of the Western economy looks very bad, uh, especially after the pandemic. Especially when uh, President Biden, in a way, deliberately sabotage our energy sector. So, compared to China, well, China's economy still looks okay, but it's not okay. It's not okay. A lot of problems I have seen. Uh, you know, uh, I have some track records, I would say. After June 4th, after Tiananmen, Tiananmen, people say, oh, the Chinese government will collapse in a few weeks. Said, no, 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 it will not. It will not because, you know, what happened in Beijing would not affect the power of, you know, uh, of the Chinese government's or the governing ability. But now, after more than 33 decades, all this affect their governing ability. And um, but one sad thing I would say is, People sometimes naturally believe if China, China's economy goes south, China may start economic uh, political reform. The sad thing from this Hernan demonstration is, is that actually people are expecting a stronger man. And who's the strong man? Well, so far, I don't, I don't see a stronger one than Xi Jinping. It's a very, very sad factor and uh, I'm not sure how China would uh, go out of this very sad downward train.
0: Thank you so much, Sasha. There's a lot of things to mull here. The most critical thing I see is the fact that somebody was writing an app which made you feel good that your money was in your bank, except that the money was not in your bank account. It was a cleverly man in between. You had a bank account. You, had you, you, were, you were here. In between was this app. It was telling you what you wanted to hear. But in reality, it was siphoning money off. This is a very mm-hmm. dangerous situation because it, yeah. it completely collapses the confidence of people in banking system. And imagine if everybody shows up at the bank to say, I want to know that my balance is secure. And if they show up every once every week, The banks will not be able to handle that kind of traffic. So this needs to be, you know, the Chinese government needs to get ahead of this problem right away. And if it is 200 banks across China, that's a huge problem. I hope that sanity prevails quickly. Otherwise, you're going to have a civil war. That's how I see it. Thank you very much, Sasha. And um, viewers, if you like this video, please do show your appreciation by clicking on the super thanks button. And you can also like, share, and subscribe to our channel and get the word out there that all's not well with China. And also don't forget to click on the bell button for notifications. Namaskar.
1: Thank you. Thank you.